Live and local. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. A great good afternoon to you and yours on a rainy, please be careful if you're out and about there kind of a day, this Wednesday, December 14th, the year 2022. Floods, uh, flood watches, tornado watches all through our, our areas um, with our expansive viewing audience it's it's everywhere so hey uh air on the side of caution where i am there no school uh no school today everything's been closed and shut down so um it's uh it's had that effect here we got a lot to talk about today a lot of fun stuff uh i'm hooked on this world cup halftime france one morocco zip uh, Morocco hadn't allowed a goal in the first half all tournament long. It took France five minutes to get one, but it's been back and forth. A lot of attempts on the goal and just really high-level, exciting stuff. Um, but first, my main man, James Mesh, ably handling uh, the produ- production of this um, two-hour broadcast. And uh, he is in the master control suite in the game studios, which are on the campus of Delta Media, which houses KLWB, which is 1037 Lafayette. We're also on 1041 in Lake Charles. Love our friends in Lake Charles. We're streaming around the world, uh, 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com. And if you're in the Acadiana area and have a television set nearby and want to put the face to the voice, you can do so because we are also simulcast on Stadium 32.3, and 133 on LUS Fiber. Did you miss the headlines of the day? Not to worry. The Blonde Bomber has you covered. Here is Holtberg's headlines. It was kind of a tale of two basketball games. LSU men's basketball team improved to 9-1, and one, beating North Carolina Central 67-57 because they control the boards, a plus 14 in the rebound category to go along with 16 assists. Um, Game was close. It was back and forth before LSU closed out the half on a 17-3 to run by um, forgetting about shooting the ball from outside and uh, getting the ball inside with points in the paint. Um, The Eagles of North Carolina Central, good three-point shooting team, made it a four-point ball game midway through the second half. Um, uh, But the Tigers found a way to sign, seal, and deliver it. And they win it by 10, 67 to 57. Meanwhile, the streak that was came to an end. Uh, The hottest team in the NBA flew into Utah for a pair of games in the Mountain West snow. 
The Pels arrived in Salt Lake City. The snow came falling down, and the snow fell on the Pels in the third period as they really, really cooled off. Pels get crushed 121-100 by the Utah Jazz at Vivint Arena, a loss that put an end to the Pelicans' seven-game winning streak. Zion Williamson had 26 points on a very efficient 10 of 16 night, uh, but New Orleans shooters provided little help for him. Trey Murphy went scoreless in 25 minutes. C.J. McCollum went 6 of 17 from the field, just didn't shoot the ball well. As a team, the Pels were 4 for 27 from downtown. The Jazz shot 20 more three-point attempts, 47. They made 15 of them, and I told you the tale of two different types of games, LSU a plus 14 on the glass, Utah a plus 16 on the boards, 59 to 43 advantage on the glass. 19 of those 59 were offensive rebounds, which were turned into 22 second chance points. So um, Pels had 45 points in the first half. They trailed by seven at the break in the third period. Utah blew the proverbial doors open. And that was all she wrote. They got outscored 39-26 in the third as the Jazz made six three-pointers in the quarter. So they'll have a chance to uh, um, make amends for last night when they play Thursday against Utah before closing out the road trip against Phoenix later on in the week. So not a good night for the um, New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, LSU football back, you know, they're on the practice field doing what they want to do, and they they picked up their 24th commitment for the 2023 class, tight end Jackson McGowan of Miamisburg, Ohio. 6'4", 232 pounds, was committed to Cincinnati until recently, coming off an official visit to LSU last weekend, so he now joins Mac Markway of St. Louis, Missouri, to give LSU two commitments and what is clearly one of their biggest positions of need. Remember Cole Taylor hit the transfer portal. Uh, LSU down to just one scholarship tight end in Mason Taylor. So McGohan and Markway uh, helped to fortify that position. So with McGowan on board, the 2023 recruiting class now contains 24 commitments. And according to on3.com, they are the fifth ranked team in the nation as we are just a week away from the early signing period. Yes, indeed. Um, elsewhere around the world of sports, Carlos Correa is one pretty darn happy dude today because according to reports he has um inked a pretty good deal when it comes to major league baseball he bet on himself remember he left the astros and um went to the minnesota twins on a one-year deal and uh now betting on himself carlos correa shortstop is um, moving on to the San Francisco Giants. Remember, the Giants had money because they were hot and heavy 
after Aaron Judge. Well, they couldn't get Judge, but they got their shortstop as Correa agrees to a 13-year, $350 million contract, a record-long deal that is the richest ever for the position. It gives the uh, the Giants a franchise-type player around which it plans to build. Correa is just 28 years old, right? Just 28 years old. Um, so just think about some of the deals that have taken place. Trey Turner, 300 million, 280 million on Xander Bogarts. Um, Aaron Judge, nine year, 360 million. <whistles> Baseball. <laughs> Baseball been very, very good to me. So um, this is about a year after turning down a five-year, $160 million contract with the Houston Astros. Um, He has certainly won, and the Astros, of course, won because his replacement was spectacular for the Strohs. So it's a win-win for just about everybody on the front. Pretty darn good. Um, Pretty darn good. Yep. No question about that. Um, We've got the Saints getting ready to play the Atlanta Falcons on Sunday. And, of course, the Falcons are going with a rookie quarterback in Desmond Ritter, fresh from Coach Denbrock, the offensive coordinator at LSU. He was the... He was the coordinator at Cincinnati that got Atlanta, got uh, uh, the Bearcats to the Final Four in the Group of Five. Just a, an unbelievable, unbelievable season. Uh, the Saints are favored by four. Both teams coming off a bye. Both, believe it or not, still alive in the playoff chase, but barely, barely. Um, I got to believe the Saints defense is chomping at the bit at this one. Uh, and they're at home. The Dome is going to be loud. It's a tough place for a rookie quarterback to make his debut. So um, we shall see. Let me tell you our guest list today. Uh, My buddy, uh, the All-American, Rudy Macklin, will join us here in just a few minutes. And we'll get his thoughts on this LSU basketball team as we are two weeks away from the start of SEC play. And the competition is going to ramp up significantly. We'll get his thoughts about the Tigers. Adam Spencer will join us. It's a great time to be an SEC basketball fan. Alabama has beaten the number one ranked team in the country not once but twice already this season. They beat North Carolina. They beat Houston. Um, There's a lot of really good teams and a lot of talented players in this league. We'll give you a little primer on that with Adam Spencer. Uh, Logan Lowry covered and then worked with Mike Leach, the late Mike Leach, the former Mississippi State head football coach, as the the world of college football still mourns his sudden loss. Um, Logan Lowry will share some stories with us, some personal stories, to kind of give you an insight into the man, not the football coach, but the man. And then Mike Huguenin will join us from On3.com, Hump Day with Huguenin, as we do each and every Wednesday. Had a great basketball game last night. Lakers, Celtics, Lakers, uh, the greatest rivalry in um, NBA uh, history. Uh, This one went down to overtime. LeBron missed uh, a three-pointer to win it. But prior to that, Anthony Davis missed two free throws, which could have ended the game as well. 
He didn't, and the Celtics, behind Jason Tatum's 45, um, got the job done, and they win in overtime. With that in mind, NBA fans, DraftKings Sportsbook, well, it's my go-to when betting on the NBA this holiday season. And right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving Louisiana NBA fans a very special gift. For a limited time, you can get a no-sweat bet on every New Orleans Pelicans game this December. Now, check this out. This month, everyone can earn a no-sweat bet with DraftKings Sportsbook. Head to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, opt in under the Promos tab, and place an eligible bet on your choice on a New Orleans game. Now, now what do you mean by a no-sweat bet? Here's what it is. If it doesn't hit, you'll get your money back in a free bet. So there's no sweat. No sweat whatsoever. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. New customers can sign up with promo code 1037GAME and get a no-sweat bet on every New Orleans Pelicans game this December. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app and opt in today to receive this limited-time offer. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Must be 21 or older, physically present in Louisiana. Select parishes only. Max reward limit supply. One free bet issued based on amount of initial losing bet. Eligibility restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash basketball terms. Licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-426-2537. We'll talk LSU hoops when my partner, number 40, Rudy Macklin, when we return to the Jordy Helper Show here on The Game. Tune in every weekday at 8.15 a.m. and 3.15 p.m. for the LSU Sports Update. Presented by Tibbs Trailers here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. 18 minutes after the hour. Welcome back, uh, boys, girls, ladies, gentlemen of, of all sizes and ages. Um... Before we get to our first guest, let me tell you that the biggest names in today's music are taking over Gulf Shores, Alabama in 2023. Hangout Fest returns May 19th through the 21st with the Red Hot Chili Peppers, Calvin Harris, Paramore, and more. The game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles has VIP passes to Hangout Fest. Enter in the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. VIP gives you access to exclusive viewing areas, stage side pools, hot tubs, and gourmet food. Hangout Fest is a beach vacation like no other. Find out more at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. He's the all-time leading rebounder in LSU basketball history, second leading scorer in LSU basketball history. His jersey number 40 hangs from the rafters. We came in together, best of friends uh, since then, uh, Two lefties, my buddy Rudy Macklin, kind enough to join us. What's up, Big Mac? Happy holidays, my friend. Man, happy holidays to you, too. Got a little bad weather outside, but hey, Ugh. we holding on, baby. <laughs> I hear you. It is so, it is some nasty weather. You can't go out and cut that grass today, big guy. You got to let it go. Uh, <laughs> man, the leaves are killing me. It's so much. Killing I you. wait till all the leaves fall down, you know? I got there tiny you go. needles yeah, all yeah, over the place, so I just wait till they all fall. <laughs> yeah, just do it once. All right, let, let's talk about this LSU basketball team. They're, um, they won another ball game last night. Um, as, yep. as I talked about uh, before we got you on board, they're, what, 9-1 and one now, um, uh-huh. 67-57 over NC Central. 
What do you think about this basketball team? Man, I'm telling you, man, they, that's a gutsy bunch. Uh, starting with uh, number 12, uh, K.J. Williams, uh, yeah. six foot ten, big post guy. Got some heck of a post, a great jump hook, and he can also shoot the three. Okay? Yeah. And when you, when you have a big guy like that that can do – uh, can really throw you off by shooting the three, and he can take put it on the floor and go to the basket also. So that presents a problem for for opposing teams. And then you got um, uh, Adam Miller. You know his jump shot has been a little off, but right. uh, but we know what he can do with that jump shot. He can shoot it. And Juice uh, Williams is, is a good good guard also. But they have a good bench. That's the thing that impresses me a lot. The good bench. You know with Cam Hayes and and uh, Moani Wilkerson and. Uh, and uh, Justice Williams and Jalen Reed, and uh, they have a and Derek Fountain. I tell you, man, when that he comes dude, into the game, things happen. And so he's, he's not got coming a off very the bench. Good gutsy team. Yeah, he's not coming off the bench anymore. I don't think. I think Fountain's earned himself a starting gig. Uh, boy, yeah, he's got yeah, length. He did last night. Uh, he did last night. Yeah, yeah, he's got length and he's active. Oh man, he's active. He gets offensive glass, and uh, he's a pretty doggone good passer too. And yeah. so he gives him a lift, man. I tell you, he's a he's a darn solid, solid player. Um, has this uh, has this schedule gotten this team ready for what they're about to face? Because they got Arkansas, they got to go to Kentucky, they've got Alabama coming. I mean, they've got Auburn, Tennessee. Woo! It's fixing to get man. rugged, my friend. Man, the the SEC SEC basketball is back. You know, overall the conference is is really going to be tough. Yeah, and uh, I think that. Uh, that uh, they played some quality teams when in the Cayman Islands. That was a pretty good tournament. And uh, when they played at Wake Forest, they were down 20. They came back and right. won. And so right. uh, they've been battle-tested. But the real test for them is coming up this first game. And I look forward to seeing them play. I think they can handle it. Uh, Miller and, and, and Williams are uh, really going to have to find their shots, man, because uh, – They've been a little off lately, but they really got to find it coming up to the SEC because the SEC, man, they are unforgiving. It, it is a uh, Rudy Macklin with us. It's um, it, it's a completely different style of basketball from what Will Wade wanted now to what Mac McMahon brings to the table. I, I, I was talking to John Brady yesterday. They they look a little old school to me. I mean, there's a lot of screens on the ball, screens off the ball. There's a lot of move. I think you'd like to play for this guy. Oh, man, I'd love to play for this guy, man. I, I love his game plan, man. He comes ready. And uh, yeah. when he when things don't go so well, he's not afraid to take a chance. And uh, he's had several mix, uh, lineup mix-ups, man, and to where uh, different, you know, starting five, I mean, uh, uh, combinations out there, man, with players. And I tell you, man, he's got a group of guys, man, that that go after it. And he he got an old-school flavor. And uh, some yeah. of those guys, I'm telling you, man, when they click it all at once, they kind of hard beat. Huh. Okay. Uh, I, I always worry about, you know, I, I see the, the teams that they're playing. I'm like, this is not, this is not what you're about to face. And, you know, Wake Forest was a decent club. I don't think they're an upper echelon team by any stretch of the imagination. But I, I think Coach McMahon, who came here with no players at all, had to yeah. had to get a yeah. schedule that that would build some confidence for them, and nine and one's nothing to sneeze about. The talent is there, but okay. the thing about it is the SEC level of play—that's cool. where they're going to be tested. Okay, they yeah. played some decent teams, you know, in this preseason, but now they're about to hit the elite uh, 
teams in the SEC where they're going to be physical, uh, they're going to be fast, uh, some great shooters, yeah. and uh, some teams that uh, with some good experience on it on their rosters as well. So they're going to be battle tested. It's, it's, it's the old SEC type of game out there now, and so uh, I just hope they do well. Uh, yeah. I think the big man KJ Williams, he's a, I think he's, he's going to hold his own, but the rest of them are really going to be tested. Yeah, KJ can play. There's no question. He's got that type of game that that goes anywhere. Um, but mm-hmm. they got to get Miller shooting the ball better. You know, he can come to me. I mean, he's a lefty. I'm yeah. a lefty. I can help him. I can still I can still lock him down. And I know you can still uh, wheel and deal in the paint, big fella. <laughs> I think I think uh, Williams and uh, and Miller they they can shoot the three. Okay, the teams know that now. Okay, right. they can drive to the basket, and teams know that now too. So they're going to have to develop a mid-range game. You're going to have to get a good pull-up game in order to throw people off, and they can do that. But it's something that they're going to have to really get a look, you know, a little closer shot to the basket, and to their confidence get, you know, comes back when they come to shoot the three. You always got to have a mid-range game in order to keep your defense off balance. I'm with you, Rudy Macklin, with us. But I don't doubt them. I think for this team to be successful, they've got to find a third consistent scorer. It might be Fountain. It might be somebody else. Um, if you had to put your money on it, who's the, who's the third guy that uh, that you got to have to be successful? You just have to. You know who I really like? Uh, who? Justice Williams, number 11. Justice okay. Williams, has a, he, he reminds me of an old Sidney Moncrief. All right. Okay. His jump shot needs to be a little more consistent, but he can get to the rack at any time. He's got a quick first step. I think he could possibly be that third score because you got Williams, you got Miller, you got Juice Williams. But I think Justice Williams can really come off and, and, and be that that next score also because when he when he gets the ball in his hand, he can break down a defense. But he's gonna have to learn how to shoot that jump shot a little more consistently. And probably he, I see him too getting a good pull-up game, a mid-range game to go in his arsenal. So, but that's yeah. a player I really like. Not to go old school, but you mentioned Sidney Moncrief. There were two teams that had the best three-pronged scores that I ever played against, and that was Arkansas when they had Moncrief, Brewer, and Delph. Yep. And then it oh. was Tennessee when they had Ernie and Bernie and Mike Jackson. I mean, that, that, that oh, was and, a and, trio, and, dude. And, yep. And 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 Reggie and that Reggie Johnson coming off, man. I tell yeah. you, man, when you got three scores like that, man, you it's hard to beat. <laughs> yeah, beat, you know. Yeah. Dang. Well, I, I I feel a lot better about this ball club now that you said it because I trust your judgment on things. Um, are they a good rebounding team? Are they a good defensive team? A good rebounding team. That's something they can uh, really improve upon. It's, okay. Uh, where they get in trouble rebounding wise. Is you got teams shoot a lot of threes, right? That right. means that's a long rebound. That's a long rebound. The guards are going to have to stay in and help rebound and not take off so fast for the for the fast break. They're going to, but also I noticed when it comes to fundamental rebounding, when I was learning from uh, I learned from the best Wes Unsell, you don't when you box a guy out, you don't hold your box out too long, okay? Yeah. You got to box out like one thousand one and then go get it. Go get Sometimes it. Sometimes they hold the box out too long, waiting for the ball to drop down below the rim level and almost to the floor. Well, that gives the defensive man a chance to roll around you or step through you to get the ball, get their hands on the ball. But 
if you box out and hold it for 1,001 or maybe 1,002, that's it, then go get the ball. And uh, I think that's something fun. You can, you can change that. You can fix that. But defensively, yeah. they are there. They are okay. there defensively. And, uh, like, last night they got kind of caught up with a lot of double screens and had some dribble penetration. But other than that, they rotate well, Jordy. They help out, they help out on defense well. And I tell you, man, this, this is a really good active team. Great job by this coach thus far. Great job. I love it. I love it. Rudy Mackler, I got to share, um, uh, your former high school coach had a birthday yesterday, Ron Abernathy. So I sent him a, I sent him a happy birthday text, and he went, thank you. He said, I'm 72 and still winning games. I love it. I love it. He so, is, man. He is burning it up there, man, in Tennessee, man. I know. I mean, he's always in the finals of the state championship, or he wins the state championship. He is just burning it up there. He loves it. He's still still full court pressing and still doing all that oh, stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, that that's terrific. That is awesome. Uh, Rudy Mack, <laughs> um, thank you, my friend. Um, have a thank merry you. merry Christmas and all the best to your 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 family uh, and uh, continued health uh, to you, my friend. Always great catching up to all you. Right, man. And have I'll a merry see Christmas you. to you also, man. I, I'm taking my daughter to the game Saturday, so maybe we'll run into you. Oh, yeah, I'll be there. Yeah, I had not okay. game yet. So uh, I'm, the, I'm looking forward to being there again. You're the best. You're the best. We'll see you soon, my friend. Thank you. All right. Take care. All right. Rudy Bye. Macklin, kind enough to join us here, um, talking some LSU hoops. Makes me feel a lot better about this ball club. Really does. Now, tonight, from 6 to 7, be sure to tune in for the McNeese Coaches Show, presented by Maplewood Burgers, line a bed out of Westlake and the Southwest Louisiana Law Center. My buddy Jim Gazzola will be talking all things Cowboys as men's basketball coach John Aiken and the game's very own Kevin Foote joined Jim on the show. So tune in tonight, starting at 6 for the McNeese Coaches show right here on the game 1037 Lafayette 1041 Lake Charles Southwest Louisiana's sports station we'll talk about this rugged SEC in hoops it's a really good league with Adam Spencer Saturday Saturday down south when we return to the Jordy Helper show here on the game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles Southwest Louisiana's sports station they say shooters shoot. He's a man who shoots from the hip and a man who's hip when he shoots. And no one shoots more from the hip when it comes to sports talk than the Blonde Bomber. Back to more of the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. And we are back 34 minutes after the hour on this Wednesday, December 14th. Still uh, in the second half, it's still France 1, Morocco zip in um, a semifinal. The winner uh, will take on the awaiting Argentinians on Sunday for the title of the FIFA World Cup. We are about two weeks away from the start of SEC basketball league play so it's not a bad time to kind of catch up to see what's going on within the conference and no one knows it better than our good friend from saturday down south mr adam spencer adam happy holidays merry christmas my friend how are you i'm doing great just getting ready for for christmas here in a couple weeks so uh, there you go getting there what was your best christmas you remember when you were a kid what was that one that stands out to you 
Oh man, I mean, there was this one Christmas where I got a Nintendo 64, and that was that was pretty sweet. So uh, you know, I spent a lot of hours on that thing. See, you're so young. It was like whenever we got our first bike as a kid, that was the one, man. That was the one. Uh, but okay, electronics, that's good. Nope, nothing wrong with that. Um, uh, we've got one unbeaten team left in the league. I never would have thought it was the team that it is, but we sure have a giant killer in the league. Let's start off with um, Mississippi State. They're still unbeaten. Uh, and they do it old school. They don't score a lot, but, boy, they defend like crazy, don't they? Yeah, I mean, and that's going to keep them in a lot of games because, uh, you know, defense plays, uh, you know, at, at some point you do need some shots to fall, but they haven't run yep. into any issues with that so far. And, you know, this is – they haven't – they haven't been, you know, they don't, they haven't faced a schedule that like Alabama has or Arkansas has or anybody has. Like, you know, they're sitting here with, uh, you know, I, it's, it's just, it's not a great schedule. It's the 331st ranked schedule, and that's out yeah. of like 363 uh, based on the Ken Palm ranking. So they're, they're not, they're not, it, that was a nice win at Minnesota on Sunday, but, uh, you know, that's probably the worst team in the Big Ten. Uh, and so, you know, we'll, we'll hold off our expectations. Right. They're also not really, they're not, they're also just not really playing anybody all that impressive until SEC play starts. So, you know, that lack of being able to score offensively, you know, we had, we had, uh, Mizzou go down. They had, uh, all this offensive firepower. And then, you know, mm-hmm. the fact that they couldn't stop it, stop Kansas at all. You know, that came back to bite them this weekend. And then, you know, so we'll see if on December 28th when they host Alabama, if their inability (laughs) to get a bucket will hurt them. But for now, things are chugging along, and that's uh, pretty great to see in year one under Chris Jansen. Yeah, uh, uh, Tolu Smith. I never heard of him. He's making a case for SEC Player of the Year. Yeah, I mean, he was pretty good last year. He was just, uh, he was injured for a lot of the season. And, uh, you know, then that, that team wasn't very good last year so you know he he's really come into his own he's looking healthy uh you know he has he has some some help around him and uh but yeah i mean he's just he's he's their leading scorer he's their leading rebounder he's doing it all for this team and uh you know he's got some great post moves and uh yeah at the very least i think he'll be on the first team all sec when the year's over yeah, Adam Spencer with us. Um, Alabama's been the most impressive team to me. Yes, they knocked off number one North Carolina. Yes, they knocked off later on number one Houston. Boy, they've got length. They've got athletes. They can shoot it. But what they do better than anybody in this league is, man, they get on the glass. 49 rebounds a game, a plus 13 rebounding margin, and that leads the league by a lot. They're just, um, man, they're scary good to me. Yeah, and that's what's uh, you know that's what's so impressive about uh, that freshman Brandon Miller. You know, he he's he finally broke out of his shooting slump a little bit the other night uh, against Memphis. You know, he right. hit seven of his thirteen shots, scored twenty four points. So you know, he was he was great. But this this guy just rebounds too. Like he does it all. He he had eight rebounds, five assists, and two blocks last night. Like that, he does it without fall, fouling. You know, it, he's 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 an incredible all around player. I, I didn't expect him to be this good with the with on the glass and with uh you know making plays for others with his assists you know i thought mark sears was going to be kind of more of that guy and uh 
you know, he's doing great scoring the ball, but uh, he hasn't he hasn't necessarily been the the assist guy this year. But uh, right. yeah, I've just been I've been so impressed with this freshman class. You know, Clowney's been good, Bradley's <laughs> been good. These guys are just you know they're not intimidated by anything, and uh, you know that that's been that's been great to see. I was I was perhaps even more impressed that they turned around after Saturday's. Uh, you know, emotional yeah. big win over number one Houston, and managed to beat a tough Memphis team at home. Yeah. You know that that had let down game written all over Ooh. it, and, uh, it, and that that uh, Kendrick Davis kid from Memphis is absolutely incredible. But uh, yeah. Alabama did enough, and uh, that's a sign of a mature team to uh, to not let the highs of a big win lead to a loss in the next game. No question. Adam Spencer, Saturday down south. Alabama is the highest ranked team um, in the SEC. They're at number four. They're eight and one, followed closely by Tennessee, who's nine and one. They're in the sixth spot. What do you like about um, Coach Barnes' volunteer team this year? Yeah, I mean, as good as uh, as good as Mississippi State's defense has been, it's it's uh, it's quite possible that Tennessee's has been even better. I mean. Ken Palm has Tennessee as the number one defense in the country. So, I mean, they're doing just absolutely elite things on that end of the floor. And uh, when you can play that kind of defense, you know, as we mentioned with Mississippi State, like that is going to keep you in a lot of ball games. And they're doing it against, you know, they're doing it against some some real tough teams. You know, they, they just, their latest victim being, uh, being a ranked Maryland team that took down Illinois a couple weeks ago. So, you know Tennessee. If they get hot offensively, there's nobody that can stop them in the country because that defense. I mean that that defense is very very scary. And uh, you know we'll see if they can take that show on the road because I mean man, they have a fun game this Saturday night in the desert at uh, Arizona. That's gonna be right. that's gonna be a must. We're gonna have to stay up late for that one, Jordy. Arizona ranked number nine. There are three SEC teams in the top ten. We mentioned Alabama at four, Tennessee at six, at number ten. Uh, Eric Musselman's uh, Arkansas Razorbacks. They're nine and one. When I think of them, I think of great athletes. I think of tempo up and down the court. Um, I don't think that's any different from what this team is this year, is it? No, I mean they're they're playing at a they're playing at a, a big a fast pace. They're getting up and down the floor. You know, maybe maybe not quite as much as they have the past couple of years but uh mm. you know they're still they're still uh, just absolutely uh, incredible to to watch and they're only getting better i mean ricky council that kid is is incredible he's he's potentially going to go down as perhaps the best transfer of this entire offseason wow. and uh you know losing trevon brazil definitely hurts because he was playing like a first round nba draft pick but uh you know, I, I just really like watching this team, and uh, you know, as Nick Smith continues to grow into a role and uh, and continues to to get even healthier, like that's a scary thought. Is you know, we see how smooth he is scoring the ball now, and here he is saying today that he's not even at full strength yet. So, I mean, that's just that should strike fear into the hearts of all, uh, all thirteen other SEC teams as, uh, as league play approaches. We, we've talked here for a few minutes, and we haven't even, you know, we're talking SEC basketball. We've yet to mention Go Big Blue and the Kentucky Wildcats. They're the 13th-ranked team in the country, 7-2. and two. They always play a tough, tough schedule. That's just the way it goes. What about Cal's team this year? What do you think about it? Yeah, I think there's some, I think there's some question marks offensively. You know, I, they, 
even as he was questioned about it after the win over Yale this weekend, uh, both Severe Wheeler and John Calipari, they both uh, they both pointed to the efficiency numbers. And just, but when you watch them play, it's it's down the stretch when it seems like they can't really figure out what the offense is supposed to be. And I know I mentioned a couple weeks ago that uh, you know I think it's time to to in those situations, if you want to have Severe Wheeler run the offense for the first thirty five minutes. That's fine with me. I mean, he's a good distributor. He's he sees the court. He's great in the pick and roll with Oscar. But uh, you know, when it gets down to the nitty gritty, uh, I, I think they need to turn the ball over to the to the freshman, Casein Wallace. I mean, that mm-hmm. that kid is showing incredible poise, incredible ball handling skills. He's a little bit bigger than Wheeler, so he can finish in the lane and through contact at the rim. And that's really the only weakness in Wheeler's game. But that's what you need in the final couple yeah. minutes of a close game. And, uh, you know, Wheeler hasn't provided that. So, you know, I would, I, I would let Wheeler run the offense for the first 35 minutes, and then i turn it over to the freshman uh, because I think that's the way that Kentucky unlocks its full potential. All right, the last team from the SEC in the top 25 coming in at number 19, uh, Bruce Pearl's Auburn Tigers. They're 8-1. and one. When I think of his club, I think of uh, the jungle. I think of three-point shooting uh, like crazy, but they lost some weapons from a year ago. Um, what do you think of Bruce's club this year? Yeah, I mean, I, I haven't been super impressed with them. You know, this is their first test was against the Memphis team that uh, – Alabama just beat, and obviously Alabama just barely beat Memphis. So right. I think Penny Hardaway's got a, a really tough squad there. But uh, yeah, that was uh, that was not a, a great effort from from them, and that was their first you know their first real test. And you know, when you sh- they're, they're shooting, you know, they shot twenty five percent from the three point line in that game. So that's just that's just not going to cut it. You know, there's there's some. There's some rebounding issues, which I didn't think was going to be a problem. I thought Jonai Broom and uh, Dylan Cardwell were going to be uh, a little bit bigger factors on the glass. Um, but you know, maybe this is just a one-game aberration. But uh, you know, I was, I was a little disappointed with the fact that they got out rebounded by Memphis the way that they did. Um, but uh, you know, I, I, I still have hopes for this team. I still think you know the freshmen Traore and uh, Westry. You know, they went 0 for six from the floor. They, they just they they didn't have it uh, in that game, and uh, you know as Bruce Pearl said, you know these guys have to step up when their names are called, and uh, right. if they start to do that as the season goes on, then I think that uh, that Auburn will be fine. But they do need they do need some more contributions from this uh, this group of freshmen. What are you? Uh, what are your thoughts on Matt McMahon and the job he's done? LSU's nine and one. They're they're much like Mississippi State. They haven't played a great schedule, but they got a win over Wake Forest. They've had some pretty good wins here and there. Um, uh, what are your thoughts on the Tigers? Yeah, I was really impressed with the way that they came back against Wake Forest. You know, they they got down really big early, and uh, really? you know they just they they kept clawing back. They they you know they tightened up on defense. They they started hitting a few shots. I mean, KJ Williams is a, is a superstar. I mean, you know, Adam Miller, who has been carrying the team, you know, he went one for 10 in that game and only shot and only made like three points. But, uh, you know, KJ Williams picked up the slack. He, he put the team on his back there, 35 points, seven threes. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was, that was impressive to watch. And, uh, you know, I, I really like watching him play. I think he's uh, going to be in the mix for that first team all SEC spot. And, uh, you know that was that was a really 
strong character building win for LSU to do that against Wake Forest. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. Wake Forest is a solid team. They're not great by any means, but uh, that's only going to build LSU's confidence. And you know, they're they're working towards that December twenty eighth game when uh, number ten Arkansas comes to oh. town, and so they're going to need to be ready. And uh, yeah. and I think that uh, based on what they showed against Wake Forest, they can at least make that a game. I love, um, man, Alabama's played. What a schedule they've played. They've got, uh, on Saturday, they got Gonzaga coming to Birmingham to play. Kentucky plays UCLA in New York. We mentioned Tennessee versus Arizona on Saturday. Those are some good Texas A&M's at Memphis. Those are some really good tests for these clubs. And I love seeing these teams scheduled other good basketball schools to see where they stand. I love that. Yeah, I think it's important to test yourself. And, uh, and you know, the, the, the committee is uh, – the selection committee is pretty forgiving on some of these early losses if you finish strong because, you know, that's when you should be peaking is heading into the postseason, not, not now. But, uh, you know, that was something that Alabama struggled with last year was, you know, they, they knocked off three of the previous year's Final Four teams and then sort of, you know, limped to the finish line in, in SEC play. Um, so, you know, we'll see if that can be a little bit different of a scenario in uh, this time around. You know, that, that Gonzaga game is going to be fun. It's in Birmingham. So, I mean, it's a neutral site, but, uh, yeah. you know, it's not really going to be all that neutral. But, uh, you know, I'm excited for that one. I think we're going to learn a lot about Alabama again. You know, they're just this has been quite the week. If they can go 3-0 and from at Ooh. number one Houston to – to versus yep. Memphis to at a neutral site game against Gonzaga. I mean, that is that is as impressive of a stretch as anybody's put together this year. I am with you one hundred percent. All right, you got your uh, your your PlayStation, whatever that thing was. So, um, <laughs> yeah, that, that that's a great Christmas, man. I, I hope you get what you want this year, and I hope the family uh, stays safe and healthy. And as always, Adam Spencer, thank you so much for your time, buddy. I really greatly appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me, Jordy. Uh, Happy holidays if I don't talk to you before then. You got it, my friend. Thank you so very much. That is Adam Spencer from Saturday Down South. You know, the game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles wants to hook you up with tickets to a special sneak peek of a new Whitney Houston biopic, I Want to Dance with Somebody. That's right. You can see it before anyone else by simply texting Whitney to 68683. That's Whitney, W-H-I-T-N-E-Y, to 68683 to score a pair of tickets for a special sneak peek December 20th at the Celebrity Theater in Broussard. It's the I Want to Dance with Somebody sneak preview brought to you by A. Brian's Jewelers and the game, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. We'll be back to wrap up our number one set the stage for what's coming up in the second half of the program here on the Jordy Helper Show on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana sports station. Every day is a Chamber of Commerce kind of day when you're listening to the Jordy Holberg Show. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Your hall for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros in Southwest Louisiana. All right, welcome back. They're in stoppage time, six minutes, uh, and it's almost over. France has scored another goal. Colo Moani, uh, a substitute, added to a Hernandez goal. So it's France to Morocco zip. France is going to advance to the finals to take on 
Argentina. Um, so through it all, the uh, knockout uh, rounds and all this, we're down to the final two, Argentina versus France. France, of course, the uh, defending World Cup champion and uh, the Messiah, Lionel Messi, trying to get his first World Cup title for Argentina. So we shall see. That will be Sunday, and it'll be um, 8 o'clock our time. So stay tuned. It should be – I'm hooked on it, man. They, these guys are so good. It's like the, the ball's on a string on their foot. I don't know how they do what they do, but it is absolutely amazing. Got a busy second hour planned for you and yours. Of course, Mike Leach passed away, uh, the coach at Mississippi State, unexpectedly. Uh, Logan Lowry, near and dear friend of his, covered him as a reporter, worked with him as uh, part of the Mississippi State Athletic Department, and um, he will join us and share some stories about the Pirate. Uh, coming up uh, just after we come back at the 3 o'clock hour. And then Hump Day with Huguenin, Mike Huguenin from On3.com will join us as well. That's uh, what we have in store for you for a very busy second hour. The game wants to stuff your stocking with a $500 Visa gift card. It's the Christmas Comes Early Sweepstakes presented by Armentar Jewelers. Simply enter in the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com for a chance to score a $500 Visa gift card. It's that easy. It's the Christmas comes early sweepstakes powered by Armentor Jewelers in the game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles Southwest Louisiana Sports Station hour number two when we return here on the Jordy Helper show on the game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles live and local this is the game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles Southwest Louisiana's sports station open for the end zone it's a Saints touchdown it's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. We are back. Hour number two of two, and away we go on a Wednesday, December 14th, the year 2022. Rain, rain, go away. Don't ever come back again like this. I uh, hope you, if you're out and about, you're safe. Um, if you don't have to get out and about, stay home. Uh, it's going to be here for a while, so just be careful. Uh, it's final. Uh, France has survived and advanced in the World Cup to zip over Morocco. So on Sunday, it'll be Messi and Argentina against Mbappe and France for the World Cup title. Um we talked earlier, they are the lone remaining unbeaten basketball team in the Southeastern Conference on the men's side, Mississippi State, uh, which is great. But everything focused on that university has to do with the tragic loss of Mike Leach. Um, and you hear story after story after story uh, of him as a football coach and him as a man and what he has done for so many people and how unique he was and how entertaining he was and how different he was. Um, I've had Logan Lowry uh, on this show before many times. Um, he used to be a sports reporter. And now he's inside the Mississippi State Athletic Department as far as part of their communications department. He's like a sports information director. And I thought it'd be great if Logan could come on and share some personal stories that he had with the Pirates. So, uh, Logan, I know this is a, a very difficult time for the Bulldog family. I greatly appreciate your time. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. How are you holding up, buddy? 
It's it's been tough. Uh, Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays, New Year, and all that all that stuff to you too, Jordy. Uh, appreciate you having me on. But yeah, uh, last few days have uh, have definitely been tough. I mean, this time of year, you're you're looking forward to Christmas and, and yeah. the bowl game and, and getting bowl practices underway. And you know, Saturday, uh, Mike Leach held his first bowl practice, and actually Saturday night uh, we had a like a little media get together like a little Christmas party and Mike Leach actually stopped by for about 30 minutes. And then, wow. uh, you know, then, then we go to bed Saturday night and Sunday morning we find out he, you know, he had a personal health scare there at his home. And, you know, I'd just seen him hours before that. He was in very wow. good spirits. You know, he was kind of working the room, telling jokes, taking pictures, uh, just kind of being Mike Leach. And then, uh, you know, we find out that he suffered a, a massive heart attack and, Hmm. Uh, things look very grim and uh yeah it's a terrible a, a terrible tragic loss and he was definitely a a one of one uh they, they don't make them like him anymore and i don't think yeah. they ever will uh but yeah he's a the world's definitely not the same without the pirate one of those rare um successful coaches that never played he was an attorney um and he got involved in the game and he, he was part of that uh, air raid development and boom and there we go um you got to know him really closely and in, in a in a myriad of ways um when you when you mention mike leaks you say he's one of one and the pirate um can you share a story that stands out to you about what he meant to you yeah, it was kind of. I was kind of like a lot of the people that listen are listening to us right now. Um, I, I saw Mike Leach from afar, and I was kind of a fan of him from afar. I saw the yeah. the sound clips and everything that he, you know, all the funny stuff that he said and all the weird, wacky things that he said, uh, you know, across the internet over the last several years. And I, I was one. I was somebody that always admired him. And then to you know. I, right when he was hired, I was still a beat writer for Mississippi State, so I got to know him a little bit on the media side. Then COVID happened, and I got laid off. And a year later, I'm hired by the athletic department. So before, lo and behold, I'm, I'm a coworker with Mike Leach. And uh, in fact, I'm sitting in my car right now. Mike Leach has been in this car with me. You know, I've driven him around to some radio appearances and stuff. And you know, he and I have talked one on one several times. And it's amazing. Like no matter who Mike Leach is talking to, uh, no matter where his feet were, that he was in that moment. Whether he was watching film, coaching a game, reading a book, watching TV, he was locked into whatever he was doing. He wasn't looking ahead. He wasn't looking behind. He was in that moment and appreciating that moment and soaking all Boy. of those moments in. And uh, that's what I appreciated about him the most. And you know, when you think about funny stories, I mean, there's a ton of them. There was a one story in particular, it, it didn't happen to me. I was told uh, by his old wide receivers coach, who is unfortunately no longer with us, uh, Dave Nickel, who passed away this past year at USC uh, due to cancer. But Dave mm -hmm. Nickel said he was checking out of a hotel with Mike Leach one time. And Mike Leach was old school and liked to go up to the front desk and actually turn in his keys. Uh, so he's so he's doing that, and uh, it, it hits him that he has left a half-eaten burrito in his refrigerator in his room and he said he just paused once he realized that and he, he dave said that he could see like the gears turning in mike's head that you know i've, I've still got a burrito up there and he was thinking about going back up to his room and retrieving that burrito <laughs> and then uh dave said coach you have 75 million dollars in the bank we can get you another burrito 
So it's just it, the, the things that, you know, the, the, he was so unique and, and he had so many interests and was well-versed on anything you wanted to talk about. And, you know, and his favorite subject was non-football things. I mean, you could right. talk to him about football, but he seemed like he was bored to death when you would talk to him about football. So he liked to talk about anything and everything outside of football. So he and I used to talk a lot of Yellowstone. He was a huge Yellowstone fan and, uh, we used to love to, you know, to talk about that and, you know, what each week's episodes were like. And, oh, that's you know, great. I'm definitely going to miss that. That is great. Uh, Logan Lowry with us. Didn't he teach a class um, or a, somewhere? Did, didn't he do? Wasn't oh, he yeah. like a coach Absolutely. slash professor? At Washington State, he taught a class called Insurgent Warfare and Football Strategy, I believe was the name of it. He wow. taught it for one semester at Washington State and actually taught it for one night at Mississippi State this past spring. So, yeah, I, I would have loved to have been in that class just to kind of be a fly on the wall because I, I guarantee you it was very interesting. I mean, everything, anything the man said was interesting. Uh, it's it's ironic his last game um, was the Egg Bowl and it was a win. Um, golly sakes alive! I mean, that's that's pretty awesome when you when you when you look at the broad scope of everything. Uh, he he went out a winner. He did, and uh, you know that was a big win. It was his first egg bowl win you know he'd lost the previous two and i think another unique thing is we're about to go play in the rely quest bowl which is down in tampa it's the old outback bowl yeah and uh that's of course in raymond james stadium where there's a giant pirate ship and uh just the irony of that and wow uh it's it's it's, you know god kind of you know shows you himself in times and that's kind of god's little wink to us i think I think so. Look, there's billboards around the city of Baton Rouge and the state of Louisiana, as I'm sure there are around the Southeastern Conference. Um, everybody, everybody, whenever you mention Mike Leach, everybody, oh, he's quirky, he's different. Nobody really talked about him as a football coach, but he won everywhere, everywhere he went. And I can never forget that, um, man, there was a point in time they were number one in the country. Um, so he, his football acumen was was ahead of its time. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, he never coached in Alabama or an LSU or a Georgia or anywhere that was, you know, considered like a blue blood uh, right. of college football. He was always at a Texas Tech or a Washington State or a Mississippi State. But he, he, he can beat just about anybody with lesser talent, you know. And just, just imagine if he would have gotten some of those four- and five-star players yeah. uh, like some of the other rosters had. There's no telling what the man could have done because he was taking – you know, two and three stars and making them play like four and five stars. Wow. Um, I, I don't know if this is an appropriate question. If it isn't, please tell me so. But have they had, have any plans come out as far as what kind of uh, ceremony there's going to be for Coach Leach? Uh, not that I haven't heard. I, I actually, you know, haven't been in the office at all today. I've been driving down to Jackson. We've got a basketball game tonight against yeah. Jackson State here in the state capitol. We play one game uh, down here every year. So awesome. I'm down here for that. Um, but we are going to do some type of uh, on-campus memorial. Uh, but I don't, as far as I know, uh, the arrangements have not been made yet. But uh, I know we're going to do try to do something. Yeah, totally shocking. Um, at the tender age of sixty-one years old, now um, you know life goes on, and unfortunately, um, you've got to find a new football coach, and that's going to be a very difficult process. It's just, golly, it's just so mind-blowing, mind-boggling, and mind-blowing. It really was. And like I said, I had just seen Mike just hours before all of this happening. It's kind of a surreal uh, thing to go through. And, you know, somebody that I admired so much and, you know, it saw on a daily yeah. basis and, you know, just to think that he's no longer here. 
it's kind of I don't know that it's really hit me yet because I haven't really done a whole lot of football activities just yet. Uh, so you know, whenever I get back into the daily routine of of bowl practice and all that stuff, and then to realize that he is not here is going to be very surreal for me. But you're right. I mean, we've got a, a bowl game coming up. You know, they're signing day a couple of weeks away. Zach Arnett, our defensive coordinator, is is handling the interim head coaching role at this point. Uh, you know, what we do moving forward, I'm not real sure. We don't even have an athletic director right now. Okay. So right. a lot of things are in flux with Mississippi State. But, uh, you know, we're going to come out on the, on, the, on the other side of this thing and, and keep this thing rolling. Well, keep your basketball team rolling, man. They're they're still undefeated, and uh, boy, they play some defense. Uh, but the league is coming up quickly, so so we shall see. But Logan, look, I I know this was hard, but I I really do appreciate your professionalism and joining us uh, and sharing some stories about the 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 half left burrito up in the refrigerator for the guy with seventy million in the bank. He he's still old school. He wants to go back. That doesn't want to leave any food on the plate. I love it. Yeah, he, he was one of a kind. Like you said, we, we lost uh, an incredible man, and there'll never be another one like him. Um, well, I greatly appreciate it. I hope you have a great and wonderful Christmas, and uh, all the best to you and your family, and thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Merry Christmas. Okay, buddy, you take care. That's uh, Logan Lowry, kind enough to join us uh, on a on a very touchy, a very, very sad, very golly, just, man, let's live every day, right? Live every day because you just, you really don't know. You just don't know. Oh, my goodness. All right. Uh, if you're looking for some great stocking stuffers for the holiday season, look no further than the Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. As a member of our rewards club, you'll have the opportunity to score excellent prizes is like a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's Steakhouse at Cypress Bayou Casino Resort or a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen at Cypress Bayou Casino Resort. But you can only score these great stocking stuffers by becoming a member of the Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. It's free. It's simple. So go sign up today. What, what? How many? Was it two years ago? State came in here, opening game, and put up like 50-something points. LSU couldn't stop them. Just, man, execution, flawless execution, flawless. Um, Rest in peace, Mike Leach. Uh, Hump Day with Huguenin when we return to the Jordy Helpert Show here on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, your home for sports in southwest Louisiana. Do you know what day it is? Anybody? It's time for Jordy to break down the biggest storylines in college athletics with Mike Huguenin of On3.com. Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? Here is Hump Day with Huguenin. On the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Good afternoon. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas, Michael. How are things in Orlando? Uh, they're going well, uh, and there's a football game here in two days. Uh, frankly, it should be, I think, one of the more interesting bowl games of all, even if it is the second one that kicks off. Which one is that? That's the uh, Cure Bowl with uh, 11-2 and Troy against 11-2 and UTSA, two conference yeah. champs. Uh, I think both teams will be fully motivated, which is and not necessarily a given in the postseason. No players are sitting out. Uh, I think it'll be a uh, quite a good game. And you got Jeff Trailer, the UTSA coach, who I think 
next year at this time will have gotten a Power 5 job. And you got John, John Sumrall, the Troy coach. He's in his first season there, and he won a conference title. So hmm. uh, two good coaches, and I think should be a, 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 a tremendous game, frankly. Um, boy, the tragedy that is the death of Mike Leach. Um, just wow. Uh, they're going to play their bowl game to honor him. I feel for Mississippi State. Their athletic director left and went to Auburn. Now they need an athletic director. They need a football coach. It's just, man, what uh, you talk about piling on. Yeah, and, and Leach was, was obviously a very interesting, interesting character. Um, and I think sometimes that is um, paid too much attention to, his quirkiness. I agree. His, his offensive skill in terms of coaching you know, he's one of the founders, developers, whatever you want to call it, of, of the Air Raid. Right. And I think his version of the Air Raid is the purest still around. And I think that if Mike Leach had gone through a game without having his team run the ball, that would have been nirvana for him. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, you know, the route, there, there really isn't a route tree per se. Um, you rely a lot on the players uh, by repetition, knowing where to go. You talk to quarterbacks who used to play for him, and they say, you know, we practice the same stuff over and over and over again because because he wanted it to be second nature. When we saw this defense, okay, the receivers know where they go. The quarterback knows where he wants to throw it. Uh, nothing fancy about it, but it's it's an offense that, frankly, I think is going to live forever in some version. I am with you 100%. Uh, Mike Hugan and on3.com. Uh, um, bowl games, obviously, so many things. Who's going to opt out? Who's going to play? You mentioned Troy, UTSA, um, group of five game. That's, that's really, really good. Um, I, I kind of want to talk about uh, a couple of games here of local interest. We've got the Independence Bowl with uh, – the UL Ragin' Cajuns taking on the Houston Cougars, Dana Holgerson's ball club. Uh, tell me about your thoughts on that matchup. Houston's defense uh, is not very good this year. They lost a lot of key guys from last year. Uh, Clayton Toon is, I believe, second in the nation in touchdown passes. The Houston quarterback, they got a wide receiver named Tank Dell, who is exceedingly good. Um, he is, to me, one of the ten best receivers in college football. Um, he's jet quick. He's also physical for a small guy, um, hence the nickname Tank. Uh, defensively, they're not much. I, I, I would argue that, yes, Louisiana's in a bowl game, which is a, is a good thing, but I think they were a mildly disappointing team this year. They yeah. fell a long way uh, this past year. Obviously, a lot of guys left, a lot of key guys transferred out. Heck, two of Florida's probably five best players were Louisiana transfers this year. So... Um, it's a game I think Louisiana can win because my presumption is they're going to have a heck of a lot more fans there than Houston. Houston right. was a dis- mild disappointment this year as well. Um, I think this one's all about mindset. If Houston shows up ready to play, I think they're the better team. I just don't think that I don't okay. think they're going to show up ready to play. Here's a stat: the Cajuns have played six bowl games, all within the state of Louisiana, but all in the city of New Orleans. They're making their Shreveport debut. Houston, yeah, fell short, but they did win five of their final seven games. So, uh, I think you're right. 
Um, what's the attitude? What's going to happen here? We, we shall see. That's on December 23rd. We wait to uh, January the 2nd. Um, we talked about this a little bit, but uh, a little bit further detail of the Citrus Bowl with LSU and Purdue. What are your thoughts? Well, Purdue, their coach left. And yeah. their best receiver, their best player, Charlie Jones, isn't playing. So you wonder about their mindset, and you also wonder about the LSU mindset. I mean, here's a team that, you know, three weeks ago, oh, my God, we actually have a chance to go to the playoff. And instead they lose to Texas A&M, get uh, sort of manhandled in a way by Georgia in the SEC championship game. Um, Any trip to Orlando is a good trip. I get that. But I wonder about the mindset for either one of these teams. I think Purdue – um, is a difficult team to defend because O'Connell's a really good quarterback. They love to throw the ball around. Uh, and obviously, even with Jeff Brom gone, they're not changing their offense. Right. But, um, it, yeah, your, your coach left, your best player's sitting out. You're not that good defensively anyway. You don't run the ball very well. Uh, and then LSU, again, I think it's this is do they want to be here uh, in the bowl game? So if they do, they're the better team. Um, and they might benefit from Purdue not caring. So, um, you know, those of us of a certain age, I think, bemoan the loss of the old-school bowl system when it was a a big-time reward for a season, and just Mm -hmm. because you had a winning record or a 500 record didn't mean you were guaranteed a spot. Well, those days are long gone, um, and I don't begrudge guys sitting out because their their livelihoods, their future livelihoods are at stake. But I think this is a perfect example of a game that 15 years ago would have been a huge deal. But now uh, I'm not sure either side cares that much. When when we get to 2024 and the playoff uh, expands to 12 teams, what what do you think happens to these type of bowl games? Well, I don't think they're going to go away because in essence, they're a three-and-a-half-hour TV program. And yeah. there, there's enough people out there who will watch, and, and some of those who watch will watch because, for some God knows what reason, they decided to put money on the UTSA um, <laughs> Troy game. So the, the, the gambling aspect is, is interesting. But, um, yeah, you're right. I mean, especially if you're a Power 5 team, and, okay, you know, going into November, we got a chance to be one of the 12 teams, and then maybe you lose and you finish 8-4. and four. Ah, man, if, if, I'll be honest, if I'm a fan, I'm not sure I care anymore. And mm-hmm. that's the unfortunate residue of everything being geared to the playoff. I mean, you have the first week of the season this year, <laughs> Georgia beat Oregon, and right. a, a, lot of the, a lot of the talking points coming out of that game were, oh, my God, the, the Pac-12 has lost its only potential playoff yeah. team. That's because, right. you know, all through the offseason we heard how Oregon was going to be really good, all that kind of stuff. And it's, it's, the, the, the focus on the playoff is, is all-consuming. And even when it expands to 12, you do wonder if – you mentioned this, the independence ball. I don't think it's going away, but – if you're a Power 5 team going to a lesser bowl game, whether it's the Independence or the Alamo or mm-hmm. the Cheez-It Bowl, I mean, it's it doesn't matter now. I don't know what it's going to be like when it's a 12-team playoff. I think that interest is even the, less. 
should they raise it that you got to have seven wins to get to a bowl game or would that just eliminate so many teams they wouldn't be able to fill the bowl games? Well, that I think that's part of the problem. Again, I don't think any of these games are going away because I think ESPN does look at them as three-and-a-half-hour live yeah. TV program. It's either three-and-a-half hours of the Bahamas Bowl on a Friday afternoon or three-and-a-half hours is repeat of another ESPN talk show. And right. I'm watching the bowl game. And I, yeah. I'll be honest. I, I'm, I'm going to watch parts of every single bowl game. I might watch. I'll, I'll watch all of a lot of them all the way through. And I bet mm-hmm. I watch at least half of every other one that I don't watch all the way through. But <laughs> it, it is hard to get interested in some of these games. I will say that I think the group of five teams that get a chance to play power fives. I think those teams will always be fully invested. A team like. UTSA and Troy, which one their leagues are going to be fully invested. But, you know, I wonder about the runners-up in the group of five leagues, the teams that go six and six, seven and five going forward. You know, it's the same as, as a power five. Do I really want to play in this game? I don't know. But, again, I think the games are going to be there. Um, so I don't think any, anything that much is going to change except for the fact that you, I'm truly wondering – if fans are going to travel um, the way they do now to, to see a team that, again, might have had a chance for a playoff and then faded at the end, I'm not sure as a fan I'm going to care anymore. I'm with you. Mike Hugan on 3.com. One more game. I think it's going to be of all the schools from Louisiana, you've got UL, you've got LSU. I think the most entertaining game is going to be the, uh, the Cotton Bowl between USC and Tulane. I don't think Tulane can stop USC, but I don't think USC can stop Tulane. I think there's going to be a high-scoring, fun game. And what a, what a year for Willie Fritz and the Green Wave, who went 2-10 and 10 a year ago. Now they're at the New Year's, New Year's Six-level bowl for the first time since the 1940s. Yeah, this is, they're one of the greatest stories in college football this year. And they haven't gotten enough attention, frankly. Um, no. the, the one season turnaround from two and ten to eleven and two, maybe even twelve and two. Michael Pratt, Ty J. Spears, a yep. defense that's a lot of guys who were not recruited but gelled into a really solid unit and, and, and well coached. And also, you know, Tulane to me is a team that's going to be extremely jacked up to play. No, doubt. I don't know if if USC is. Um, they had a legitimate chant at the playoff they were reaching for the invitation and the key to get in the door and then utah blindsided them um so again i'm not sure that they're going to be jacked up to play in this game i fully expect a couple of sc players not to play as they get ready for the nfl uh caleb williams uh, you know the heisman winner how healthy is he going to be i assume he's going to be healthy but you're right the usc defense in games that mattered this year, they got shredded on an almost weekly basis. Right. And if if the USC defense comes in not caring, man, Pratt and Spears are going to just torch them. <laughs> it should be should be a lot of fun. I I, I like I like Tulane, uh, but uh, we'll see. We shall see. All right, let's take a quick time out here. Uh, we'll continue our conversation with uh, Mike Huguenin on Hump Day with Huguenin from On3.com. Got to talk a little college hoops because um, some uh, unconventional teams um, at, at the top of the leaderboard, uh, Purdue, UConn, how legit are these and how good is this college basketball season going to be? We'll talk about that and more with uh, Mike Huguenin after this time out here on the Jordy Helpert Show. 
Jordy Holtberg is known far and wide as the Blonde Bomber for the perfectly feathered golden mane he rocked back in the day at LSU. The hair may not be as golden or as long, but Jordy is still making a name for himself. Back to more of the Jordy Holtberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. All right, we continue our conversation each and every Wednesday with our good friend Mike Huguenin from On3.com. We talked a little bit about college football, some of the bowl games involving schools that we're kind of intimately involved with in this part of the world. Now let's shift our focus, excuse me, to college basketball, where in the latest AP poll, Purdue is number one, Virginia number two, UConn number three. What's the best conference? I know it's early, uh, but from what you've seen so far, what's the toughest conference in college basketball this year? That's a good question. I'm not sure. I mean, tennis, uh, the the SEC has some high-caliber teams at the top, but also some, oh, my goodness, some bad teams at the bottom. Yeah. Uh, UConn looks to be easily the class of the Big East, especially because Creighton um, all of a sudden can't shoot. Uh, mm-hmm. Pac-12's not bad. Big 12's not bad. It, this is, I think, the only one that's definitely not the best conference is the ACC. But um, this is, it's been an interesting season thus far. The idea that Purdue uh, is number one, unranked when the season started, and they're already number one. UConn sort of... Uh, conjuring memories of the Jim Calhoun era, because this team looks tremendous on both ends of the court. Um, Alabama, another hot start, just like they had last year. I mean, an impressive win over Houston. Uh, But, you know, last year they started off well and then big-time fade at the end of the season. So this is very interesting uh, basketball season thus far. And, heck, we're only in in mid-December, so we're a month in. Uh, and there's a, a, a ton of phen- phenomenal storylines already. If you had told me Gonzaga would have three losses already, that, that would surprise me. And if you told me that Indiana was in the top uh, 15 in the country, I would say that's great for college basketball. Looks like Mike Woodson's made the adjustment from the NBA to the college ranks. And are, are the Hoosiers back? Yeah, I think the Hoosiers, I think Indiana's for real. Um, the interesting thing this year, the two best Big Ten teams might be Purdue and Indiana. Um, and that's if, that is a nasty basketball rivalry. Football, yeah, who cares? But basketball, yeah. that's it's it's a big deal. Um, you know, Zach Eady, the, the Purdue big man, has made phenomenal strides. Heck, wow! Uh, you know, Purdue lost arguably its two best players, and they haven't missed a beat. Uh, Indiana, um, the, the the Woodson has them playing well on both ends. I think the. The danger was, oh, he's only going to care about offense, blah, blah, blah. But they play pretty good defense, and, yes, they're a good offensive team. Um, it's, it's a fun team to watch. And Trace Jackson Davis, that, that dude is really good. Oh, um, yeah. it, it's, a, it's a good team, a well-coached team, and generally they play fun, up-tempo basketball. What do you think of the job Matt McMahon's done? I, look, it's it's early. They're nine and one. They, they, you know, they had a big comeback win against Wake Forest. Wake Forest kind of middle of the pack ACC team, so they really haven't played the schedule like an Alabama has or a Kentucky has. Uh, but considering he didn't have any players, um, and they're nine and one now, uh, what do you think? Yeah, I think defensively they're a lot better than I thought they'd be because it, it's. Uh, I think it's easier when you got. Uh, 
when you're rebuilding a team, I, I think defense sometimes falls through the cracks. But I, I don't think this team, I don't, I don't think the defense has fallen through the cracks for them. Um, the only, plus I think the only game they lost was what K State by what five or something. So right. they're playing well. KJ Williams is looking good. They got a bunch of solid role players, um, and they look like a well-coached team as well. Um, pretty good depth. It's it's an interesting team. Going to find out more. Obviously, I think they play. Arkansas and Kentucky as their first two SEC games, and you're like, man, welcome to the SEC, Matt McMahon. Um, That's difficult. But, I mean, the way they're playing now, um, I didn't think they'd be an NCAA tournament team. Right now I think, yeah, this team looks like it's going to be an NCAA tournament team to me. Very interesting. I don't know how many teams from the SEC are going to get into it, but um, they've got uh, three in the top ten. I think they've got uh, five or six in the top twenty-five, something like that. So um, it, it it goes hand in hand. You get you get good coaches, you're going to get good programs, and that the SEC forever was known as oh, we just get good football coaches. But those basketball coaches are good, man. They, yeah, they, and they got and a good crop. You and I have talked about this a couple times too. It's almost as if. In the last decade, SEC athletic directors realized, you know, something we got tons of money. We've already we're already paying our baseball coaches a lot. We're paying our football coaches a lot. Maybe we should just start paying our basketball coaches a lot too, yeah. men and women. And it's I think you know there was always the outlier. I was Kentucky always cared about basketball. Vanderbilt always cared about basketball. But I would argue in Arkansas. But I would argue for the most part that. It was an afterthought, but I think in the last, well, I shouldn't say decades, last 15, 20 years, more attention being paid to SEC basketball, and especially now the coaches are making a lot of money to the point where they're held to a different standard than they would have been 10 to 15 years ago. We talked about the expansion in college football in the playoff. Do you ever see a day when college basketball will go even further than a field of 68? I hope not, but... I, I, I think every Power Five coach wants that because, hey, you know, we deserve to be in the NCAA tournament. We we went, you know, we went six and ten in our league, and we're eighteen and fourteen. We're over five hundred. Right, uh, and, right. You know, this it's rewarding more mediocrity. Um, I, I, don't, I don't think that's the case in college football uh, with a playoff expansion. Sixty-eight's a pretty solid number, and mm-hmm. every year coaches whine and moan we shouldn't have gotten left out and then you look a little closer and you're like you guys be one team ranked in the top 70 you don't yeah, deserve yeah. to be in the ncaa field uh-huh. and if they expand it it will be for monetary reasons and you're going to have a lot of garbage teams in the field i love those uh win or go home um play-in games in dayton i, I love those the idea that we we need to increase the size of the field, well, technically a lot of these Power 5 teams are already playing, trying to get into the NCAA tournament with their play in their conference tournaments. So, yeah. in other words, okay, we're 8 and 10, we're 7-11 in the SEC, and we lose our first SEC tournament game, we're out. Well, I think if it's expanded beyond 68, oh, we're still in. And that, to me, again, it's rewarding mediocrity. Mm-hmm. Um, and, again, it's all about money, and there's the tons of financial reasons to do this. I just hope they don't. Or if they do, I'll be 80 and won't care anymore. <laughs> 
Uh, you said the SEC Big 12 challenge. That's going by, way, by the wayside. And it's going to be the SEC ACC challenge. Why, why do you think that came about? Is I it don't money? know. It's, it's disappointing, but it's it's a more regionalized event. I think you'll, maybe you'll see, you know, it's, if you're an SEC fan, you ain't going to Manhattan, Kansas, or Stillwater, or Norman, right. or Ames, Iowa. Maybe you will go to, oh, look, they're playing at Clemson, or look, they're playing Georgia Tech in Atlanta, or I can go to Winston-Salem or Raleigh. I, I think that that's the, the regional aspect makes it more interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, it's going to be interesting also to hear SEC coaches because you know one of the things that will be a major talking point every single year, it will be talked about, well, the SEC is the football conference and you'll have SEC basketball because you can write the script now. We're just as good as ba- in basketball as any other league. So <laughs> this will give them a chance to prove it. And I think the regionalization aspect, it, it will be a boon for the SEC. Uh, unless you're Mark Stoops, where who has to put his uh, has to backtrack because uh, of the way he finished his uh, season, it's still a basketball school. Mark, I'm sorry, yes. Kentucky and, is still and it always, and always will, will be. be. That's, and same with Vanderbilt. And I'll be honest, if Missouri basketball was worth a darn, Missouri, I, I, I lived in St. Louis for four years. Missouri yeah. basketball was good then when the Norm Stewart was there. Everybody yes. cared about Mizzou hoops. No one cared yeah. about Mizzou football. And I guess right nope. now no one cares about either. But if yeah. Missouri got good in basketball again, that's another school that cares a heck of a lot about basketball. Missouri, it's amazing. They came into the SEC and they were they were really good on a down. You know, Georgia wasn't what they are in the East. Florida wasn't what they were in the East. Uh, so Missouri, I think for two years in a row, the yep. East. Um, and now they just woof. and yeah. basketball. I, I played against Missouri in the NCAA tournament. They had uh, uh, John Stepanovich, the big tall center, uh, on that club. They were good under uh, under Norm Stewart. Now they've fallen off the face of the earth. Well, they, you know they won a bunch of games so far this year, but that's not going to last. No, Kansas Kansas blew their doors yeah. in. Yeah. Uh, the other night, and that was Mizzou's first big test, and, the, and they failed it. But I, I think Dennis Gates, the new coach, one of the many new coaches in the SEC this year, um, I think he has a plan to recruit much better, but everybody can have a plan to recruit much better. You actually have to do it. And when, one thing, when Mizzou was good, they had Rich Daly as their assistant, and his nickname was Dr. Detroit, yeah. because he somehow convinced a ton of kids from Detroit to go to Columbia, Missouri. Wow. And, you know, I think everybody realized <laughs> how Mizzou did it, but they were good teams. They were well coached. They were extremely fun to watch. And they have a student section, um, the, the student, they, they're called the Antlers. And, man, when Mizzou was good, those, oh. those kids made the Duke kids look like Girl Scouts. I'm with you. Mike Hugan and On3.com. You know, uh, Sean Miller, I saw, you know, he left um, uh, Arizona. He, where's he coaching now? Go, golly. Yeah. Um, found no no charges against him with Arizona and all that kind of stuff. You know what it tells me? You know, Bill Self got a little slap on the wrist. Sean Miller, nothing. I think they're all in on Will Wade. I really think they're all in, and they're going to make an example of him. I really believe that. It is sort of mystifying. Um, there was a football player at Virginia Tech this year uh, who missed half the season. He was a fifth-year senior. He they had a they had a talk at Virginia Tech about things you can't do, and one of them was you can't play fantasy football online. 
So, hmm. or, or place bets online. Right. So the kid told the compliance officer, I had $50 and I, 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 I spent it on one of those online betting services. So they turned him into the NCA thinking, okay, the NCA does it. Suspended for a season. God. And then they appealed and, was susp- and the suspension was cut to six games. Then you had Bill Self, whose program faced major violations. I think it was, what, eight of them? Yep. NCA didn't suspend Bill Self. Kansas suspended him. We're going to self-suspend him for two games. It's, Crazy. It's, the, the NCA is, is ridiculous. And uh, the idea that Book Richardson, the assistant in Arizona, got a 10-year show calls penalty. Yeah. And the head coach, his boss, got nothing. What does Texas do with their coach after what came out with him with strangulation and stuff like that? What do they do with him? I'll be honest. The first When I saw the news, I'm like, I think Chris Beard's career is over. Um, now, the complainant did withdraw the complaint. Um, but, uh, I, yeah, I'm glad I'm not the athletic director at Texas. Yeah. That's an extremely yeah. difficult situation. I mean, you read the police report, and you're like, oh, my God, that's horrendous. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's that's going to be extremely – He's a really good coach. <laughs> yeah, you, 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 feel, you feel bad for everybody involved. Yeah. Um, at the pro with the program, obviously the two people involved because something of that personal of a nature became a big deal. Uh, right. But uh, yeah, I, I'm. Yeah, again, I don't. I don't uh, envy uh, Chris Del Conte, the Texas AD, because that's a difficult decision. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. It's going to be a good college basketball year. There's a lot of uh, who's the best player in college. Is it, is there one standout player? You know, I don't. I'm not sure about that. There's a lot of I players who either. are. Uh, on a certain night, tremendous, and it's fun to watch. You know, Armando Bacot, the, the North Carolina kid, set a record for uh, a, a school record, and that's a school with a rich tradition. Yep. Most double digit, most games with double digit rebounds. Wow! Um, and he's still got most of the season to go, so he can play. Zach Eady mm-hmm. at Purdue can play. Yep. Um, the, the kid I mentioned at Indiana can play. Trace uh, J- Trace Jackson Davis. You still got um, the you got Jacob Timmy at. at Gonzaga, who I think is about 37 years old now. Um, yes, you got yes. the freshman uh, at um, at Alabama, who's good. There's a, just a ton of phenomenal players. Yeah. The, UC- the Sonogo kid at, at uh, UConn is just he is he's a man. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, there and obviously Oscar Shibway is still around as well. Uh, right. But yeah, this is a year where there's a lot of high-level players, and I think one of the reasons there's there's more high-level players than usual because these guys who were fringe first-round picks or fringe NBA guys instead came back because of NIL money, and that makes the college game better. I'm with you 100%. Michael Huguenin on 3.com. Thank you, as always, my friend. You're the best. Uh, have a great uh, week. Enjoy some of the – Yeah, we got Alabama versus Gonzaga in hoops, uh, Tennessee, Arizona, Kentucky, UCLA. Good weekend of college basketball. And – but six bowl games too. Seven six bowl, bowl games. But so you can't beat that with a stick. No, you're the best. Right, Enjoy man, every second of it. Thank you, buddy. You take care. Mike Huguenin on three dot com. We'll take our final time out of the day. Um, but first, 
Looking for great stocking stuffers this holiday season? Look no further than the Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. As a member of our Rewards Club, you'll have the opportunity to score excellent prizes like a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's Steakhouse at Cypress Bayou Casino Resort or a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen, also at Cypress Bayou Casino Resort. But you can only score these great stocking stuffers you know the drill. you got to become a member of the game clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. It's free. It's simple. So go sign up today. Back with some birthday wishes um, and more as we wrap up this Wednesday edition of the Jordy Helpberg Show. Here's three pieces of advice to live by. Never play cards with a guy whose last name is a state. Don't spit into the wind. And always listen to the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. We're back uh, 54 minutes after the hour. This just in Mississippi State and defensive coordinator Zach Arnett have agreed to terms to make him the school's next head football coach, according to Pete Thamel. Arnett is expected to receive a four-year contract, which has not been signed yet. Of course, this decision comes in the wake of Mike Leach's death earlier this week. According to sources, the school wants to give the players a strong leader to help them through the grieving process and give them stability. Zach is the guy for that. Zach embodies Mississippi State, understands it, and he's going to build on the foundation that Coach Leach has set. So uh, there you go. Um, France ends Morocco's fairy tale run uh, in the World Cup. So the final on Sunday will be France versus Argentina versus Argentina. Can can the Messiah, Lionel Messi, uh, get his first World Cup championship? That's uh, that's what we'll find out. Special thanks to our guest today, Rudy Macklin, talking LSU basketball. Uh, Adam Spencer talking SEC Hoops, Logan Lowry sharing some personal one-on-one stories um, in his many, many dealings with the late Mike Leach. And, of course, Mike Huguenin from On3.com. We talked to college football. We talked college basketball. We talked to a lot of things, as we we always do. If today, December 14th, is your birthday – Oh, happy birthday from all of us to all of you. One of the one of the brilliant minds in football. You just you just put any quarterback in his system and it seems to work uh, from the San Francisco 49ers. Kyle Shanahan is 43 years young today. And one of the killer bees, former Houston Astro Craig Biggio is 57 years old. What a powerhouse the Astros have become. What a powerhouse. Um, so we'll see We'll see how they continue and what they do. Uh, everybody's trying to catch them. So they're making big deals, signing, signing players left and right. Uh, and we shall see if they can catch the Houston Astros, who are just spectacular. Tomorrow, uh, it's another week of NFL football. It gets underway. And, uh, of course, we'll have uh, Frank Schwab from Yahoo Sports uh, joining us. Um, And we will – let's see what else. We'll 
We'll talk about a bunch of things. Speaking of the 49ers, San Francisco plays Seattle tomorrow night on Thursday Night Football. It's the first weekend of uh, Saturday NFL football, which is always cool. We've got a bunch of games um, on Saturday. Indianapolis, Minnesota, Baltimore, Cleveland, and a good one, Kentua, play in the cold of Buffalo. That's a Saturday night matchup uh, on that one. So three games on Saturday. This college football kind of is whittling out until they um, get to some of these bigger, bigger bowl games. But the NFL is taking over.